Hello everyone, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to episode 22 of the Psychic Matters podcast. My guest today, Ethan Sisser, or E3 as he is also known, is suffering from brain cancer. He has a very rare form of glioblastoma. Having suffered a minor stroke in October 2019, E3 underwent many surgical procedures, operations, brain surgeries and rounds of chemotherapy and radiation. And he's just finished a course of strong antibiotics to help clear up various infections that set in recently postoperatively. E3 has just been told that a new tumour is growing rapidly in the right side of his brain, causing increasing paralysis to the left side of his body. Despite constant excruciating pain, which never leaves him day or night, E3 is embodied, empowered and ecstatic. E3 is in the unique position of experiencing a period of possible transition from this world to the next. And it was his wish to be interviewed on this podcast so that he could share words of wisdom from his soul. Words that he hopes will be a source of help and inspiration to others. This is one of the most moving interviews you may ever hear. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm happy to be here. So you're in hospital at the moment. In a hospital. I had two head surgeries back-to-back days a few weeks ago. <gasps> on antibiotics. Just started, or I finished a five-day cycle of chemo last night. So <laughs> I'm in it. See my... That's, oh, wow, that's, that's my, impressive. That's my abdomen on my head. <gasps> so the question is, do I, do I call it a headache or a stomachache? Yeah. Um, oh my a section. God. I had a head infection, and a section of my skull was cut out to clear out the infection, and they had to cover it with abdominal tissue. So I'm happy to be here speaking with you because it's such an interesting, intense, uh, like you could say, a near-death reality that that I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a new tumor that regrew two weeks ago. So I know I'm kind of rushing into all this. Um, nice Fine. to meet you. This is all finally guided. Even our meeting. Yeah. The fact that my friend, my good friend, George Corey, sorry if I'm not supposed to mention his last name, but yeah, no, it's fine. he connected us and this all just happened with ease. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's not by accident. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Um, personally, I want my situation and my pain and challenges to add positive energy to the world. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully our conversation can assist other people also. Sure. Where where do you want to start? First of all, t- let me just make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly through the podcast. So it's is it Ethan or Ethan? Ethan. But my spiritual teacher, he gave me the name E3. It means embodied, empowered, ecstatic. So you call me Ethan, you could call me E3. I told you by uh, text messages that have gone back and forth between us that my own brother... Uh, is dying of a brain tumor, and it's such a coincidence that that's exactly your illness. So, yeah, E3, let's begin by maybe telling us a little bit about you, who you are as a human being first, and then how you came to be in this hospital with this illness, 
and then we can go from there. Sure. Mm. I usually don't think about it or describing who I am as a human being too much. Um, I feel like we each have a unique vibration, uh, a unique flow state, and a unique life purpose. And this is why we're here. Um, so, and we each have different ways of channeling different energies and expressing our unique vibration. Yeah, I've been trying to follow that my whole life. And for many years, I ran away from it. And I feel like that was the cause of the glioblastoma, running away from it and bringing in different fears and stress and food choices and just a lot of energies that didn't support my unique vibration and creativity. But over the years, I started to connect more with who I am and the, the angel realm, the shamanic realms, and consistently stay connected to those inner gifts. Um, and then last year, I discovered that I had glioblastoma. So it was kind of interesting. It was like, uh, you could say, knowing myself as a child, then forgetting, then doing lots of work to remember, feeling the happiest and the healthiest I've ever felt. And then in October 2019, I had a minor stroke and discovered glioblastoma, brain cancer. So I felt like since I discovered it, that it was God's plan and, and my soul's plan to have this experience. And uh, so even our meeting feels like it's all part of it and that something really beautiful is happening right now in my life. It's very painful. It's very hard. Um, so I had brain surgery in October 2019, which was very painful to recover from. And then seven weeks of radiation and low-dose chemo. And then that aggravated grand mal seizures. And then in February 2020, an infection formed again, and I needed another head surgery. And then the head infection came back even stronger. And in September 2020, I had two more head surgeries, which I told you earlier, to clean out the head infection. So I've been in the hospital since September 11th, 2020. And then while in the hospital, I started to notice weakness and numbness on the left side of the body. And they did MRIs and discovered that there was a new tumor growth. So now uh, that's like the next thing to address. But I feel like this has been a long death rebirth experience. And I'm kind of at the kind of at the tail end of it, in a sense. When you say rebirth, how does that seem to you? Well, I definitely feel like it's individual for me and then part of this collective awakening that's happening. So I feel like the old energies of who I used to be, most of them are released. The old relationships, the old patterns, the old beliefs, and all of that. And then the rebirth is, I feel like they're a higher... Um, I'll send you some art uh, after our conversation. So that's one of the areas where I clearly channel from different realms. Um, so I feel like there's more of those energies that are going to come into my heart and my life. And uh, I feel like this experience that I'm going through right now is part of it. It's hard hard to describe, but I feel like for me, like I was meant to be the person to go through this specific journey. A lot of people would either be dead or would have given up or just... I don't know, wouldn't have made it this far. So I feel like my soul made it this far for a reason. And every day the practice, it's kind of cliche, but the practice is really just um, being present. It, it's a huge mystery. 
Um, like I could leave the body very, very soon, like very soon, or it could be quite a long time. So I, I don't know. Uh, but I know the whole time my soul and my mind have been very happy and very, um, like it just, it's just everything. It feels right. Even though it's not easy. Can't imagine how difficult your challenges have been there. E3. I really can't. I can see you on screen and to me, you look pretty young. Uh, people that are listening won't be able to know how old you are. Do you mind sharing that? Sure. Yeah. I'm 36. Wow. That is very young. And yet you, you seem so wise. Have you always had that about you, that kind of wisdom that you carried through life? Yeah, I always felt it. But because of fears and societal programming, I kind of either suppressed it or I would run away from it. Yeah. But now I just accept who I am and try to follow my intuition. Before you got sick, then what did you do for a living? What was your sort of day job <laughs> well the most recent thing i was living with and supporting a shamanic community so that was the teacher i was living with and we had a small group of us maybe like 10 or 15 people kind of supporting the different retreats yeah so i was doing things like healing and massage and farming teaching yoga sometimes once in a while i'd teach a belly dance class which was fun um, and yeah, that was the main thing. I'm interested in how you came to your spirituality through your lifetime here so far. So obviously you're getting deeper into your spirituality because of your situation right now. But if you go back to your earlier childhood, were you brought up in a spiritual family or is this something that you discovered by yourself as an older man? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of an interesting question because I, I feel like everyone in my environment was the perfect person for my soul's evolution. And that happened to include certain certain stresses and certain unhealthy things. So it's hard to say, was it were they spiritual or not? But for me, they were. <laughs> yeah. um, but I didn't have like a formal... Um, the 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 culture that I grew up in didn't support spiritual practices per se. Definitely not the school, not the larger community. It was very mainstream. So if that was your environment and that's kind of what you journeyed through, how did you come to join the shamanic community and be part of that? Well, I think it was just kind of like my destiny, I guess. So over the years, I would meet one person who kind of would inspire me in one little way, or they would have an interest in like crystals. And none of my friends knew about crystals, but I would just meet somebody and then I would get interested in them, forget about it. And then somebody else would introduce me to yoga. So it kind of just one thing led to the next. Actually, I guess one of the most important things was when I was 18, I was really suicidal. And uh, when I was in a mental hospital, I read a book called Meditation. So in the hospital, that's when I started to meditate. And then after I got out of the hospital, my mom scheduled a channeling session with a woman. Her name is Pat Rodegast. She's not alive right now, but she would travel around the world with Ram Dass and do her channeling sessions. She was one of the first people to do it in this country. She was very like legit and very authentic in, in her work. 
Pat wrote a guest, she channeled a manual. So when I was 18, that's why I said 18 earlier. I was thinking of when I was 18 years old, I had a channeling session by Pat Rodegast. Like it changed my life. I've listened to that recording thousands of times. And uh, so it basically, it didn't tell me my future, but it told me about myself and my path and it was very accurate. So that kind of inspired me to follow my intuition even more. And like, it kind of awakened something in my heart that that session when I was 18. So then since then I would try to, do different practices. And, and then eventually I ended up in Maui and met the shaman. And when that happened, everything changed because all of the work I'd done up to that point was kind of preparation to meet the shaman. And then the shaman, he was like the dentist who did root canals pretty much. So it wasn't like everything got better necessarily, but I got to see everything more clearly. And then it took a few years of more inner work. And like I said, kind of integrating the childhood fears and then in october 2019 that's when i had the minor stroke and cancer diagnosis and then it's been a year of surgeries and pain and near death and seizures and and a lot of beautiful blessings and miracles too what what uh, what is your prognosis well <laughs> it's well i have glioblastoma but there's a new tumor that regrew and I actually need another head surgery because there's no plate on that part of my head. So I was going to have, have to recover from the head infection, wait at least one or two months, then have another head surgery to put in a new plate in my head. But now that there's the new tumor growth, they can't do that surgery yet. So I started chemo five days ago, which that was the very absolute last resort, but they can't do surgery on the tumor. They can't do radiation because I just have a skin flap, it'll it, the radiation will destroy the skin. And um, if I do nothing, then the tumor is going to continue to grow. And the left side of the body will get more and more paralyzed, which has been happening the past few days. So the prognosis, it's uh, even the most optimistic person would say it's not very good. Uh, but I'm still alive now, still breathing. How does that sit with you in your soul or your heart, knowing that there is this period of possible transition from this world to the next for you which could happen at any time from now well I guess with all of us <laughs> it could happen at any time we just don't know but for you obviously things are a little more pressing but how does that feel for you mm. yeah to be honest it, it feels perfect like it, it feels like my whole life has led up to this and prepared me for this even just symbolically the fact that i had that awakening when i was 18 and then it's been 18 years of preparation until now i'm 36 having this experience like i feel like either there's going to be a miraculous healing and it's going to lead into the next stage of my life purpose or it'll lead to leading leaving my body and that's going to lead into uh the next stage of my life purpose but in a different realm but yeah there does there's a sense of um like completion that I'm feel that I've been feeling. Of course, there have been extreme fears and stress and all of those human things of when it comes to death. But there is a sense of um, that I've prepared for this. My heart and in uh, it's hard to describe. It just feels like something feels very right about what's happening. Sounds like you you feel very peaceful about it. Yeah, 
And it's every night. I mean, the pain is so extreme in the left side of the body paralysis and the just the extreme head pain from the tumor growing, pressing against the nerve. It's uh, just a constant facing death, but also um, facing like the, the dreams in my heart are still there. My hope in life and God and in uh, other humans is still there. The, the things I want to create, the ways I love to help people. So th those are still very real for me. I'm grateful I haven't become bitter or hopeless through this situation. Um, so it's it's a, it almost feels like walking in both realms right now. And uh, people say, yeah, anyone could die any moment. But for me, it's it's a little bit different <laughs> like, mm -hmm. because of the situation. So I'm trying to make the most of it because I didn't consciously choose to have this experience, but I feel like my soul did and great spirit did. So. It's kind of a cool opportunity. Not everyone gets to experience this in this way. And if I am going to leave my body, I do have some notice. That's kind of a cool thing. Not everyone does. That's how I've been feeling about this. Thank you for sharing that, E3. That, I mean, that's really interesting to hear. And how? what do you think awaits you in the next world? Mm. I feel strongly that it's a, it's a continuation of energies I've been cultivating in this life like I, I feel whatever world that is I, I feel it now and I felt it for a long time yeah I can't say specifically but I know for sure that I'm not alone that there are different angel guides with me all the time what does it feel like when you become aware of that around you mm, it feels like home it feels like what I call my unique vibration um, that was kind of activated when I was 18 which I ran away from for many years. So I feel it. When I was in the mental hospital, they did different scans and they saw a small mass in part of my brain. Like in this, it's hard to use. This is my left hand. It's hard to use the left side of my body, but it's kind of in that spot, like okay. in the top front. You're middle. just pointing at the top, top front. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For those who aren't watching. So yeah, I started to feel that. They, they did the MRIs and they saw an actual little small white mass and they didn't know what it was so they sent it to different hospitals and the conclusion that they came up with is that they, they still don't know what it was but they said that it's not harmful and then when i had the channeling session with pat rodegast without me saying anything she described that space and she said that space it holds uh it contains stored information and wisdom and if you wish to you can share it with people but the choice is up to you and and since then, I would feel it more and more. And uh, it would feel like home, feel like um, it wasn't like I was able to verbally channel spirits or anything like that. But when I would connect with it, I would experience miracles. I'd feel love in my heart. I would meet the right people, experience lots of uh, synchronicities, like I said. And then eventually, the art would come through, which I'll send to you. And also, I feel a connection with Emmanuel, even though I for me, it's my unique vibration that I feel in my body, in my heart. But that space in the top of the head, it's also connected to Emmanuel for me. So when I feel that space, I feel the truth of who I am. And I feel strong presence of Emmanuel. And I just learned a few months ago when I was reading the Bible that Jesus' father named him Emmanuel. It means God is with us. So for all these 18 years, I was connecting with Emmanuel. And if it if I told anyone else, they would think I'm crazy. Or if anyone else felt this, they would go to the hospital immediately if they felt like a buzzing vibration in the top of their head. 
all day long. It's not what most people experience, I don't think. But I would feel it all the time. And it, it was challenging because I didn't know how to channel it. So often I would just get very frustrated. Often I would run away and escape to kind of close down that space. Um, so like I said, it took many years to accept that space and feel worthy of it, you could say, because it felt like love that I was feeling all the time and uh, to just be okay with feeling it. So that space has helped me a lot get through this past year. I think it's kept me alive too, actually, and brought in support, brought in miracles. So who knows, maybe one day I'll have a more tangible way of channeling that space. But for me, it, it's enough to just feel it and kind of follow that love. Emmanuel to me, well, I don't know who Emmanuel is. Is that an angel or a? For me, yeah, it is. It's a like a spirit that I feel. And it also happens to be the name of Jesus. So it's possible that Pat Rodriguez was channeling Jesus and I didn't even realize it at the time. She just named him Emmanuel, which is another name of Jesus. And it also means God is with us. So on a side note, like people say Jesus is coming back, but I feel like that's, it's an energy and a consciousness coming through the world. And I don't think it will be just one person coming down from the sky. So I have my own connection with that energy, Emmanuel, and it's very personal. So yeah, it feels like a spirit guide. It feels like a really good friend that I've known for eternity. It's <laughs> so, so funny because I have exactly the same uh, spirit guide. I don't call him Emmanuel. I call him Jesus because he looks like Jesus, but I actually think <laughs> he is connected to that same force, that love, that place of home, that mm. friendliness, hilarious as well at times. And yeah a real person who really supports. Can I take you back to when you were 18, Ethan? You spoke of feeling suicidal, and I know lots of people listening to this, myself included, have been in a dark space where that has been a consideration. How did you arrive at that yourself? I just didn't feel at home. I think that was the root of it. And then nothing would help me no amount of escaping would help me connect with home. And then it was hard because I was at college at the time and it was just a very mainstream college. Basically, like my soul was not being nourished and uh, I didn't know any other ways to go back home besides trying to kill myself. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And so it was the meditation that brought you through that, that connection with Pat well, after I got out of the mental hospital, that's when I had the channeling session with Pat and that kind of like awakened something in my heart. And then I got into meditation and yoga and, and I started giving uh, yoga therapy and teaching yoga and giving massage. So it's like all these inner gifts were awakened. That was really helpful. Through that pain that you've gone through yourself, I'm not talking about the physical pain that you're in now with this illness, but your emotional pain. You must have, and through the shamanic community and the work that you've done with other people, you must have touched a lot of people's lives in the time that you've been here on earth. Yeah, I'd like to hope so. I mean, I tried to do my best. Yeah, it's hard to say. I try to just follow my heart and then uh, trust that good things will happen. And even now, it's happening a lot, actually. Um, I usually don't like social media and things like that. 
but a few weeks ago somebody suggested that I start making YouTube videos and Facebook posts. So I would just listen to my intuition and share things and share what's happening. And I've gotten so many people who said that what I'm sharing and how I'm going through this experience is helping them. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really, really good thing. And how and I feel like that's uh yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's I feel like that's the big part of the awakening. It's not an individual awakening. Like we we have to help each other. <laughs> you know. Like I we don't have to, but we can. And like that's what we're here for. I, I feel like love each other and to help each other. And uh I don't feel like it's I think the old way is individually awakening and you know, but now like there's so much beauty we all have to share with each other. And I really feel like we're going to lighten each other's load in this this journey. Something I'm feeling really, really strongly. And I feel like that's part of why I've been put in this situation and why I'm, it's not even like I'm trying. I just feel a deep connection to a manual and like a, a an honest piece in the situation. Because some people I've met, they, they don't even realize I have the brain cancer and everything because I've been so usually peaceful. And positive. <laughs> Most people would probably be freaking out all the time. So personally, I'm bearing my own cross, you could say. Not easy, but I'm, I'm trying to keep that attitude. And I feel like other people are. And together, we can transmute these energies. And I can definitely feel how higher energies want to come through the planet right now. It's almost like the angels are just, they just want to come in. I've seen that in friends and other people I know. So that's something I'm experiencing in my own heart. And I'm trying to just stay strong and humble at the same time because i i can't imagine many more situations that would require this much strength and humility that i'm in so it's uh it's kind of a cool practice right now you spoke earlier in the interview about your dreams you still have your dreams and you still have your hopes and you still have the things that you want to create when you pass from this life People left behind who adore you and love you might feel sad that you weren't able to fulfill those dreams and hopes or, and create all those things you wanted to create because you are only 36. And have you got anything you can offer to the people that are left here thinking about you? Hmm. I don't know. On a certain level, I feel like, for example, even... I flew from Hawaii to New York with the intention of working and then going back to Hawaii. I wasn't planning on living with my mother and stepfather and having brain surgery and all of that stuff for six months. And, but I did. And then I went to my father's place in a different state and lived with him. So I, recently I was realizing, I think my soul like knew what it was doing and wanted to go back to be with my parents and to have that connection and that it was almost like preparation for uh, i don't know it's hard to say can, can you say the question again please yeah of course i was speaking about your dreams and your hopes and the things you wanted to create and what can you offer to the people that are left behind who might be mourning the fact that you weren't able to live those dreams well on the one hand it's i can't imagine anything more sad with all of this I'm trying to be objective here, but like I'm a very special person and I have so many gifts and things to share and create. So in a sense, it would be very, very sad if my physical life ended soon. 
but at the same time, I, I also feel like, like I said, uh, I'm 36 now, and in many ways, my journey began when I was 18. So, so I do feel a sense of completion that whatever my purpose was on this earth, it's, it's pretty much complete. Maybe it'll continue in a different realm, or maybe I'll stay in this realm, but whatever my purpose is up to this point, like it feels very complete. Um, so yeah, anyone else um, feeling sadness about that? Like for me, in my own heart, it feels okay. I couldn't say that a few years ago. There would be extreme angst and stress and worry and like just feeling uh, like it was a very bad thing that's happening. Um, but it, there's a different feeling right now. Do you think we can live our dreams in the next world and continue to create? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. And because sometimes I think, well, why am I even going to pray to spirit to have my dreams manifest? Or why am I going to still follow my dreams in this life if I could die very soon? But I really believe that it doesn't matter. Like we are energy beings and we have like that vibration wants to express itself and create and experience things. So whether it's in this body or the next, those same exact dreams will be followed. That's how I feel in my soul. And I guess a practical example could be when people repeat the same relationships because they haven't integrated or they haven't cleared certain energies. So it's like, it's almost like experiencing reincarnation while alive. And they just keep on experiencing the same thing again and again. So I feel like in the next realm, the energies can continue also. And it could be a positive thing. Yeah, because like I said, I, I feel that vibration. It's not just once in a while, but that vibration in the top of the head. And I feel it in my whole being in a manual. Like it's so real, even before I can say the words, I, I feel it. So if anything was real in my life, it would be that that love and that vibration. So I can't imagine that it would just, it wouldn't be there anymore. And and what legacy do you want to leave? I guess I get a little sad when you ask that question because in a sense, I feel like I'm hardly even alive yet, haven't even been born yet. And uh, so I would want to leave a lot more. But I mean, a lot of people have reached out even in the past few weeks and telling me how my story has positively impacted them and their families. So I'm trying to get my ego out of the way and trust that whatever God's plan is, is enough. And it's not important to focus on legacy, but just to um, stay connected to love now as best as I can in this very painful, intense near-death situation that I'm in. And then just like let go of all the other stuff. Like It's a very real thing. I know we're talking about it now, but even in a few days, I could leave this body. Like That's how fast the tumor is progressing. It's, I'm getting noticeably more paralyzed in the left side of the body because of the tumor that's growing. And people that might be suffering the same illness as you or just uh, a cancer of some sort or, or a long-term illness, what advice can you give to them to help them? Well, the first thing that came to mind was to try to communicate as much as you can, either to other people that you trust or love. And, but even just as important, try to do your best to communicate with yourself with your body, with your connection with spirit. And uh, it's kind of a simple thing, but I, I found that to be really helpful. And even writing down, like writing letters to spirit 
or even writing letters to different parts of yourself. It's hard to describe, but I found that can be really beneficial. Almost like if there's stress with another human being, it can be helpful to just sit down and close the eyes and communicate with them in your mind and heart first. Try to clear the energies in that way and then externally communicate with them. So yeah, that's that's one thing that can really help people who are going through challenges or cancer to like take the time and like to I think it's a form of self-love to to let go of other people's dialogue and voices in your head and just be with your own voice and speak to the universe and pray in your own way. That's really beautiful. And what would be some of the happiest memories that you have if you you're lying there you're probably looking back i'm sure you're doing a lot of in in you know looking in looking out what what are some of the happy times that you've spent here <laughs> this is a pretty happy time with you <laughs> that's so nice <laughs> of you <laughs> it is that's kind of cool i mean i'm in the hospital doing an interview with somebody that I just met recently that's that's pretty cool so I think if I think back to some of my happy memories without really thinking of anything in particular, I guess the things that make my heart sing are the things that you've already spoken about, that connection that you've spoken about to Emmanuel, to your God, that and that peace that comes, that shines through my own personal happy memories here. I wonder if that yeah. could be the same for you, maybe. Definitely. And like every time that I've come close to death, like if there was one person I could see again, it would be my shaman and teacher. His name is Om. So uh, if I had to choose something external that was like a happy memory, it was being with him and being in ceremonies with him and uh, the love that we shared and created in those spaces. That was like, usually I'm not really nostalgic, but yeah, that was a happy memory. Um, but like I said, right now, this is probably the happiest time of my life. Well, it is internally. It's the hardest externally. But yeah, it's such a unique experience. Nobody would choose to have this. So now that I'm having it, it's like I get to, um, like I'm trying to make the most of it. Uh, and also, a friend told me recently that well, a few months ago that I was running away from the pain because there's so much pain. And he said that Often in intense pain and challenges, there's so much potential energy. So we can use that energy uh, for to serve our purpose and to serve who we are. And I never thought of it like that before, but that was helpful for me to just view it as a lot of potential energy. My brother has a brain tumor and I'm, it's hard to talk about, but going to go and visit him hopefully next week. And he's my sibling it's hard to let go of somebody and I'm sure there are people listening to this podcast who even your friends who are going to have to let go of you and your mum your stepdad and your dad they're, they're all going to have to release and, and let you go and let you carry on with your spiritual journey and I don't know if you have any advice for people out there who are facing this not themselves not being ill themselves but facing having this illness in their family or in their friendship groups 
And how do we let go of somebody? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, one thing that's helped me is to really try to feel that me and everyone in my life, our souls are on this journey together. And like, we really are souls in bodies and that we're all experiencing it together and we each have um, like that, that connection. Um, but then like when I, at times if I've gotten caught up in my uh, human personality and other people have, then there's like the fear and the stress, but um, yeah, no, it's not easy. Like <laughs> it hasn't been easy for my mom to see her son go through all this and same thing for my dad. So, I've been trying to be present with them and have compassion for them. And and it's been hard for me too, to think about having to leave my mom and father. And I want to heal and be healthy and prosperous and help them how they've helped me. So yeah, there's definitely been uh, hard things on both ends, but yeah, it, it can be helpful to like just try to meet people where they're at, whether it's if you have the, the cancer or if the person you love has the cancer. To like uh, it honor that it is their journey, and that maybe they're very very scared, and it's the worst thing they can imagine, and uh, to to try to hold space for that and meet them where they're at. But also, I try to I think it's helpful to try to remember that again. There's a lot of potential energy. I've heard so many stories of people at the end of their lives having breakthroughs and miraculous healing and just like relationships healing at the very end. So to try to stay open to things that you might not ever think were possible in relationships or in a certain person, like it could happen and it can happen very quickly in a positive way. Yeah, I think that that could be helpful for people. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. And what about your pain? Because obviously you've been through incredible excruciating pain, still have pain right now as we're speaking. And you talk about your friend who said, look upon it as all of this potential energy, but how can you use that to alleviate or help with that pain that you're experiencing? Well, when you first told me that it helped my mind because I was kind of trying to fix the pain and make it go away, but it helped me as the first step to just like try to relax and be present with the pain and uh, have a relationship with the pain and with the tumor because um, we've been together for quite a while, me and the tumor, many, many years before the surgery. Um, and then the same thing with the pain, because it was just so constant for months and months, and just like very, very hard. So it's, I guess it's understandable to want to make it go away, but it just created a little bit of a, a battle inside that wasn't helping. So then once I just shifted that perspective, then of course, I still don't want the pain, but I like there's more ease in my heart and my mind about how to address it. You're like this wise sage sitting there in your hospital bed. Um, how do you, what advice could you give to everyone listening about acceptance, accepting things that come into our lives that we feel perhaps aren't good for us or we can't achieve something, it's not happening for us, doors aren't opening, or we get an illness like as you have that we suddenly have to accept and it wasn't in our life plan. What can you tell us about accepting? I mean, if you saw somebody who was having a hard time accepting this situation, 
I think the most helpful thing for them would be if you were just present with them, because maybe they can't accept it right away. So I think that's helpful for a person if they have somebody outside of themselves who can just be present with them and maybe help them feel whatever they need to feel. And then maybe they'll come to acceptance or maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to force it on ourselves or someone else. Well, you can't go wrong with love. So Love is uh, always the answer, isn't it? And you must have had a lot of love in that hospital bed, not just from your friends who've I'm assuming have come to see you or contacted you through uh, wonderful technology, but through your medical team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had great nurses and just a lot of support. But for the whole, a lot of the past year, I haven't had a big community of support. Like I said, I wasn't planning on having the stroke and living with my mom in New York. I was living in Hawaii with community. So I didn't have community in New York, didn't have community when I moved to my dad's place in Charlotte. Um, so I've pretty much been a- a- alone in many ways. So it's helped me really stay connected with Emmanuel and my unique vibration. And it's helped me cultivate a lot of strength in my heart. And, and it, in a sense, it's like the, the universe has supported me. So I've had a home everywhere. I've had a support system everywhere. But it always not always been how I had planned. And for example, there was an apartment fire uh, two months ago. So in the middle of healing the brain cancer and head infection and not having a large support system there, having to try to find a place to live. I was at an Airbnb for a while. Then the head infection got too strong. So I ended up going to the emergency room a few weeks ago. And that's why I had the recent head surgeries. So my point in sharing that is that there has been a strong support system, but it's been like a universal one (laughs) requiring extreme faith. Then support always comes. Incredible. And um, I know you're going to send me some of your art to have a look at, which is very exciting. But can you describe to those listening what sort of art you create? Yeah, it's kind of like sacred geometry, but I haven't studied it and I don't use like any, um, it's just my own style of it. I haven't trained in it, but when I was around 18, it started to come through and I would just create it. And for me, they felt like messages from home. And uh, when I would look at the art, my brain would feel like it was very balanced between the two sides. I would feel my heart opening. And it just uh, also, it seemed to bring in positive energy into my life whenever I would create the art. And people would say the same thing whenever they would see the art. So that's one reason I want to live longer. <laughs> especially now with the technology of an iPad, that was like a dream come true. Because for many years, I would have to create it by hand and it would take hours and hours and hours. And then I'd have to take a picture of it. But if I tried to print it, it'd be really low quality. But now with the iPad, I could create art so much quicker and it's the highest quality possible. So yeah, that's if I could create one thing to share with people, it would be the art that I would share. And uh, people could put it on their phones. It'd be activating for their phones or for their their energy field so yeah i'll definitely send you some of the art maybe some of your artwork can be the artwork for the episode that might be quite nice (laughs) yeah and do you think that's it's divinely inspired yeah i i know it is i I can feel it i don't always have a plan of what i'm going to create but every single time something beautiful comes through and actually every single time almost I feel like I mess up somewhere, or like I make a line in the wrong spot, but then I just keep on going in and then it turns into something beautiful. And then at the end, I see, oh yeah, this is what it wanted to turn into. 
So it's kind of like a practice in faith when I, when I make art. It sounds a bit like a journey through life, Ethan. When things happen and you don't really know why, but then you look back and you go, oh, I see. It was for that reason. Yeah, exactly. I think what, what I take away from our wonderful conversation this evening is your sense of peace and your sense of acceptance of where you are and that everything's fine and everything's okay because you feel this peace. Yeah, that's simply put. Mm -hmm. Nobody would choose to be in your situation, obviously, with your illness, but I think a lot of people would love to have that sense of peace, being in the right place, sense of comfort. I think there's a great beauty in that. Yeah. I mean, my prayer is to maintain that and continue to live and heal. But then I guess the next level of that peace is, even if that doesn't happen, still keeping that peace. Well, I'm sure you've got a lot of people praying for you. Are you in touch with your shamanic community? Are they in contact with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's been lots of prayers, which are, that's what's kept me alive up to this point in many ways. There's a I haven't been able to do it on my own and many times. So to have that energetic support, it's helped immensely. Yeah, I'm sure it has. You spoke about the shamanic community and retreats. Um, what, what advice do you have about retreats? Why do you think they're important? I think it can be helpful to change environments, change locations, change people, and then to have an intention and like really focus on that intention um, it can be really powerful for people, and sometimes that's the thing they need. Sometimes it can be hard to stay in the same environment and uh, make the changes. And also, I think, like I said earlier, that that's an important part of growth, um, community. Like I think in the West, often growth is seen as an individual thing, growing our business, growing our practices, growing or even evolving or things like that. Um, but I found that it's it can be most helpful to do it in community where everyone's individuality is respected, but then there's also support from other people and uh, we can be inspired by other people too in, in retreats. And I think that your words today in this wonderful conversation that we've had are certainly going to be very inspiring for a lot of people that are going to be listening. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ethan, for talking to me. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was great to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, it's so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. You know, simple chat like this and simple words can, well, I feel a bit tearful, can be played back in the mind as words of wisdom that you can sort of hold on to and think about. And they're the types of conversations that I like to have the most, the ones that really touch your heart and soul. And I think some of the things you've said here today have really touched my heart and soul and made me really consider my own life and how I connect with other people and how important community is and the relationship with the divine within us as individuals. Yeah, thank you. It's been super yeah. great talking to you. Thanks, and you too. Wishing you the best. Ethan Sisser. What an incredible human being and a most beautiful soul. You may find you need to listen to this podcast interview more than once 
to allow E3's words to really resonate in the deepest part of you, bringing you peace and positivity. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate your time in this busy world and I really do appreciate your support for this podcast. If you know of anyone who you think might be interested in the subject matter, please do share this episode with them. And if you are enjoying things so far, I would really appreciate it if you left me a review. Many thanks if you have already done that. But if you haven't as yet and you are finding this podcast helpful, please do take the time to leave me an honest review on Apple because they help so much with rankings and moving the the podcast up the charts. I would be so very grateful if you would do that for me. Wherever you are in the world, meanwhile, stay strong. And if you find you are in need of spiritual upliftment, repeat E3's incredible mantra, I am embodied. I am empowered. I am ecstatic. My name is Anteato, and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. Psychic Matters.